cliffcentral.com. Hi there, it's Michael Kahn here, and I'm in studio at the CX Innovation and Tech Fest with Brett Lindsay. We are talking about innovation around customer experience and the disruption thereof. How are you, Brett? I'm well, Mike. How are you doing? That was a very formal start to a, to a Futurology it, podcast. It, it was, it was. Um, and when you say studio, it's very loosely interpreted as a big auditorium at the Maslow. Fantastic, though, isn't it? <laughs> it They've is given good. us a whole auditorium. I, f- I feel quite special. Um, but, Brett, it's been a yes. fantastic two days here. It has, it really um, has. And, you know, this is an introduction to to, to all of our guest speakers who who have joined us in the in our makeshift studio, our outside broadcast. Cost. Yep. Um, and, and how have you found it, Brett? It's really insightful. I, I like the fact that there's a lot of local speakers yes. uh, all sharing case studies and use cases from local businesses doing things to impact the customer service area within our country. 100%. And it's great to see that. I mean, we've always known South Africa is a great hotpot for, for innovation. And it's great to have innovation, but it's another thing to execute it and put it into the workplace. And Absolutely. There's great things happening in South Africa. So that's encouraging. And, and inspiring. But, but yes. it's also been quite interesting listening to, to a lot of the comments in the audience. It's really interesting to see a lot of uh, the challenges people are faced around innovation and this world of disruption with technology, Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is really what we're doing here. It's really about the inspiring part of 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 what we offer as 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 a podcast as as an organization for sure getting into organizations and inspiring people to to shift their thinking around that yeah so rather than being afraid of the future start absolutely. embracing the possibilities around that change absolutely and it's really cool uh, the the great thing about customer experience as a as a focus is that it's it's about the people again 100% absolutely so it's not technology led it's not all these things that are sometimes too big to understand or comprehend it comes down to the person it comes down to a real Real need with real people. Absolutely. And we can inspire that change to say, don't fear, embrace that change. Let's uh, go. Absolutely, which is critical. But Brett, do you want to just give us a very brief introduction to what this is all about? Cool. So in short, it's the CX Innovation and Tech Fest where they celebrate people, technology, ideas, and innovations that are literally transforming the way businesses make and keep customers. That's the important thing. So it's one thing to get them, but how do you retain them? Absolutely. And that's, it's, it's around service and what is the, the big talk around CX and what are we doing innovatively? What are we doing things? But it comes down to the fact that we know the world is changing. Absolutely. Customers are more demanding. Customer loyalty is decreasing. New technologies are constantly emerging. And it's, it's how do you get your market share? As a business that has a huge consumer base, how do you get that market share? How do you attract them? How do you keep them? How do you seduce them to stay with you or even come across from the dark side? And you've got to make sure that it's the USP that you start to have is around customer experience and the customer service. It's not so much low-cost pricing anymore. It's not high-quality product. It's how, what is your brand? What is the combination of all of that? Absolutely. And there's great discussion happening here at, at this. And it's, it's, it's round about how technology has become an essential tool to enable a shift in thinking uh, with business to move more into a CX way of life. And, uh, yeah, it's really great to see it happening here in, in Johannesburg. Fantastic. Well, enjoy this podcast. What we have done is we've changed the format here. So please download this podcast. And the rest of the CX podcasts are available on our Futurology homepage on Cliff Central. Yeah, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we have a Twitter handle at Futurology Show. And you can tweet us as much as you like. And we'll be tweeting out some of the shows as well. So follow Absolutely. Us. Fantastic. Enjoy. Our next guest here at the CX Innovation and Tech Fest is Tony Hughes, author and speaker around all things customer experience. 
Uh, Tony, thank you for your time today. Hey, Brett, thanks for having me on. Excellent. And um, I got uh, the privilege of only seeing parts of your talks, but the parts that I did see were amazing. So You're the uh, guy that walked out. I was the guy that walked out, yeah, the one. So a captive audience is good, but unfortunately, yeah, we, we've been running around today uh, trying to see all the different speakers and uh, really looking forward to talking to you today. So thank you again for your time. Thank you. Excellent. But all things CX, and you're talking about CX in the business and how B2B needs to think more B2C. Uh, can, to can, can I interrupt you? You will always interrupt me. Yes. Let's just understand who Tony is first. I was getting there. Oh, you were getting yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just just checking because you're a bit slow off the mark this morning. B2B <laughs> needs to learn from B2C and you, you mentioned some really great things, but tell us from your words then, what is important in the world of customer experience? Well, the interesting thing with customer experience is it's kind of become the new black. Uh, 90% 90 of organizations are all saying that they're focused on CX, and it really begs the question that if almost everyone is focused on the same thing, how is it going to become a point of difference for them as they go to market? Absolutely. But the thing I find is that, like most things in life, it's not about the idea or the strategy. It's all about execution. Yeah, yep. it's about so, the doing. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And so, so many organizations will have uh, great, CX or mm. business plan market differentiation strategies that they just don't execute on at all well. So yeah. the most basic thing of doing web to lead well, for example, you touch someone's yeah. website, you fill in a form, you know, what happens after that? I yes. see companies that are driving what they think are amazing CX strategies and they haven't got their most fundamental basic thing right. Mm. So it's, it's all about execution. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, you talk about culture a lot in your talks and it's, there's, there's customer experience as a strategy and obviously you're talking about execution, but it's, it needs to be built in as yeah. a, at a cultural level. Well, to me, uh, culture is nothing more, nothing less than the behavior of the leaders. Yeah. So if an organization claims to be customer-centric, if they claim to be driving customer experience strategies, my view is if the CEO is not the person that's actually behind all of that, yeah. then the organization's in trouble. And, and it's for this reason. If a CEO looks around their boardroom table at their general management team, all their senior executives... As they look around that table, the one common link mm. where all of the pieces that deliver customer experience feed up to, the, the first point where it all joins up is them. Absolutely. <laughs> it, like it's the CEO. So I think the CEO needs to change their title to chief experience officer. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and they need to go personally drive this. They need to become more transparent. They need to be willing to jump into social, go visit clients, yeah. go sit with people in their call center. If you look at people like Richard Branson, he'll happily go and jump on the front line of every single enterprise that he's ever driven. Yeah. He has great empathy for his staff. And yeah. one of the things that he says I think is uh, important for everybody in business is that you have no chance of delivering great customer experience if you don't first deliver great employee experience. Yeah, um, true. And I jokingly said in my press presentation that um, – Great customer experience begins with sex. Yes. So yeah. it's, so it's, uh, it's superior employee experience is, is, is uh, the foundation. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were playing the CXX. Oh, ah. there we go. There's nothing slow about this It works podcast. well. It does work well. No, it works well. Um, but, but a key, key word that you used there, Tony, was the word empathy. Because yeah. this is really about how we interact with each other as, as, as human beings, which is typically an irrational process. You know, and, and if we look at the world today and the, and the, and the broader culture of business, you know, and the shareholder activism, et cetera. I mean, it's almost counter to what we need to be as, as customer experience experts. Yeah, and people, I think, are becoming very distracted by technology. 
yes. and they become overwhelmed. So as an organization, you think, man, there's just there's not enough money on the face of the planet for us to implement all of the bits and pieces of tech to go and deliver customer experience. Yeah. But the reality is it's, it's not about the technology. No. It is yeah. about empathy. And t- to me, there's three key uh, things that our customers think about us, things that they, they, they want us to believe and act on. And, and the first is they expect us to truly know them. Yeah. They, they know that we've got lots of data on them. They've got lots of data themselves, so they've pushed that into the ether on, on yeah, Facebook, absolutely. LinkedIn, all those other platforms. So absolutely. in their minds, you've got the data. You need to truly know me. 100%. The second thing that they absolutely expect is they expect us to personalize their experience. And this is not mm, about totally. technology. right? No, so, it's not. So truly know me, personalize my experience. And then the third thing that I believe customers are really wanting is they're wanting us to anticipate their needs. Yeah. Um, so we need to show some level of insight on how we engage, and we need to be able to engage omni-channel. So whether that's mm-hmm. web, phone, face-to-face in a store with somebody, um, with tools, apps online. Absolutely. Uh, it, it was an interesting. Uh, I think it was Jack Ma from Alibaba who, who said, you know, when you talk about uh, omni-channel, there is no omni-channel. It's just retail. I mean, he's obviously talking <laughs> to his context. Yeah. But it, you've got a customer, and I'm selling to my customer, and it's about that individual rather than, than about the different channels. And we get yeah. too distracted with the noise um, of, of those channels. Um, how, how are things progressing down in Australia? Because you're an Australian, judging by your accent. There. I am. And there I we am. go. Yeah, so we, <laughs> you are spot on. I am. I'm observant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about Australians is we're not quite as depressing as the English and we're not quite as obnoxious as the Americans. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> and how would you define the South Africans? <laughs> Great for customer experience. Very much like Aussies. There <laughs> <laughs> okay, we go. But how are things progressing down in Australia uh, from a customer experience? What, what, what great stories have you got coming out of there? Uh, I, look, I think great stories are very rare. Okay. Great, great stories are rare. And, and you go back to some of the timeless classics. I, you know, I know that Apple yeah. is losing its way, but I converted my whole life away from Windows over to Mac five years ago when I left the corporate world and went out on my own doing this. And they, they blew my mind and, yeah. and they've completely, completely removed from me concern about price. Yeah, and, and absolutely. The, and the interesting thing on the research that I put up in some of my slides in the last two days is that uh, corporate executive board researched 5,000 buyers. They, they said, what causes you to select one supplier over the other? Yeah. And brand and the, the attributes of what you're selling to, together are less than 40%. Price yes. is only 9%. and yeah, 53% is the experience that they have in engaging with the organization. And, no, absolutely. And for me with Apple, the thing that, is, that, blew, that blew me away is uh, initially I'm thinking, man, their stuff's all very expensive. Mm. I thought, oh, well, I guess they load in their support all up front and you pay for it. But when I needed that support, I was just shocked. So I, I jumped online thinking, okay. here we go, I've got a problem. And there was a button that said, would you like someone to call you? I thought, this will be interesting. 90, yeah. second, 90 seconds later, my phone rang. Amazing. And, was, and I was getting support. And the thing I love is um, I speak at a lot of conferences and I, yes. I have a little HDMI adapter I use to plug into projectors. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm forever leaving them places. Yes. <laughs> They're about $50. Um, but I, I went into an Apple store and I, I can just walk up, get the thing I need, the, the adapter, yeah. scan it with my iPhone app, pay for it, walk out of the store, never have to talk to anybody. Yes, and yet okay. I can also walk in there and say, "Hey, I'm, I need to get a new machine. Can I talk to somebody about what the right machine is?" Yeah, so absolutely. whether I just want to transact and don't want to talk to a human being, whether I want to do it online, whether I want someone on the phone, whether I want to absolutely. go and get some trusted advice in a store, um, I can go into a genius bar and resolve issues, get educated. Yeah. So they've thought about journey mapping different buyer personas and thought, yeah. "Well, 
you know, let's meet them in the channel in the way that they want. Absolutely. Are you funny? So as consumers and as customers, we, we, we're getting more discerning with our experience that we're expecting from, from brands and businesses. So are you finding that businesses and brands are responding to that need or are they being proactive in, in meeting that need or anticipating that need? Let me answer that in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, I, I think B2B sellers need to learn from B2C. Yes. There's some horrible, evil trends that are going on in B2B selling mm. um, that uh, retailers have been dealing with for quite a while. But um, some of these things are the, the average transaction, transaction size is getting smaller. Yeah. The uh, complexity of selling is actually getting higher. There's more and yes. more people actually cover. Organizations yeah. are more and more risk-averse. They want consensus. Yeah. There's more and more competition that's, that, that's actually out there, and buyers are increasingly distrustful of the claims made by sellers. Yes. So selling's actually becoming, becoming more difficult. Um, and, and the challenge that B2B sellers have got is they're running out of hours in the day to do the necessary number mm. of transactions where yeah. they can hit their number. Yeah. So B2B sellers can fall into this trap of we've got to, we've got to force people through channels that make it economic yeah, for us. Absolutely. Rather than think about how do we just go deliver a great experience for the right yeah. kind of customer? People need to yeah. think about what does my dream client look like? Let's, let's get away from evangelism yes. to alignment. Let's yes. find people that are a great fit, yes. that will love to have as a customer, that will love to be our yeah. customer and stay loyal and do such a great job. Those people become your sales force. Catering for, not convincing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. How do you go about doing that? Because that's, that's a really tough ask to find the right customer that aligns to what you're trying to do. So some ideas on how to do it. Yeah, so all of us need to think about, about the intrinsic value in the thing it is yeah. that we offer, and we need to be very clear about the problem that we solve, why it's important, and yes. what the business case is behind it for someone to work with us. Yeah. And then based on that, we can then target very, very effectively. Yes. Okay, cool. Fantastic. Cool. Oh, to me? I was looking at you. Sorry. <laughs> to me, to you, to me. Um, sorry, I thought you had a question there. You, you had a great case study of uh, Qantas Airlines yeah. and uh, Captain Richard... De- Richard Decrepney. Decrepney, thank you. That was, it, it, there's a lot more consonants than vowels in that there answer. Is, there like, is. I was like, wow, okay. But he had an interesting uh, incident where it was all technology-based failures that were yielding a result. But tell us a bit more of that story. And the, the important thing was how it ended when he addressed the, the passengers. Yes, I'll, I'll give you the, the short version yeah. of this, but um, QF32 out of Singapore back in uh, 2010, yeah. um, Rolls-Royce engine exploded, um, it put 200 pieces of shrapnel faster than the speed of sound through the aircraft with the fuselage wow. and fuel tanks. They were at 6,500 feet, so luckily they weren't at an altitude where you'd get decompression, otherwise it would have been would have been catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the fuel tank caught fire, but uh, it's actually vapor that explodes, not fuel. And uh, okay, and, the tanks were full. And, yeah, and Avgas fuel is actually kerosene, so it's got okay. lower thermal properties than petrol. But it caught on fire and just blew itself out. But the plane was sixty five percent degraded. Long story short, they did an incredible job, incredible job getting that plane back on the ground yeah. safely. Absolutely incredible job. Incredible airmanship, incredible teamwork, and it was man and technology working really well together. Richard's actually a software engineer himself. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, by, by profession. And when he converted to the Airbus A380, he took the time, massive amounts of time, to understand Airbus flight law 
and how all those yes. algorithms work, that he would be working within an incident. Um, and all of that really paid off. But when they got the plane on the ground and they got the passengers back into the terminal, Richard went into the passenger terminal and said, when you fly Qantas, you're flying with a premium airline and you have every right to expect a far better level of service. Yeah. Right now, there's a 1,000 Qantas employees mobilized. We're going to get you into hotels. We'll give you vouchers for underwear and toiletries. We'll try and get you your baggage. He said, uh, but, but if you don't get the level of service that you believe that you deserve to get flying with this premium airline, uh, right now, I want you to get out your mobile phone or a pen and paper. I'm going to give you my mobile phone. So, okay. And you call me if you don't believe you're treated the way that you, you deserve to be or you believe you should be. Now, that's an incredible thing. Mm. He, he, mm. You know, he was actually off work with, in, in essence, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder later. Yeah. It's a very stressful event. But I'm he, sure but I can he, imagine. But, but his view was we all represent the brand. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm here. I need, I need to serve my, my customers. And even as the, the captain in command of a, a plane, he would always walk the entire aircraft, every flight, not, not to be the big man who's commanding yeah. the plane. You know, look, look at me, it wasn't about that. It was, he knew that the, air, the cabin crew would do a better job for passengers mm-hmm. if they yeah. knew the captain would be walking around. They, yeah. they didn't want someone saying to the captain, okay. hey, I asked for a blanket an hour ago, where is it? Yeah, absolutely. So, so he, he jumped in, into the mode of chief customer experience officer yeah. for the yeah. airline and did a brilliant job. And did, again, the, the leader's determining that culture, exactly. which is brilliant. Exactly, and, so, and it's behavior. Yeah. And, and a couple of points, because I mean, just by giving the, the cell phone number a Cross. You d- diffuses any potential issue immediately. You kind of have that empathy coming through again. But did he get any calls? Not one. There Not one go. person mm-hmm. phoned there him. There you but, go. But he has this incredible fan base online. He's uh, he's, he's put really? up a, a website for all the passengers. I mean, it's a it's an incredible experience to go through. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a and to survive. And, yeah. and and people <laughs> love him. He's an and he's an incredibly authentic, humble, and smart, capable guy. Yeah, but but I think also the point there is by giving his number out to no one called. You, you, you assume everyone's going to be phoning, so I've got to hide myself away from the customer. True. You know, by, by, by being leadership is to stand out, but yeah. also being willing to take it. And, and most people actually genuinely are quite happy. And the, and the minute you diffuse the situation, it makes it a lot more simple. Mm. Yeah. Well, 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 Michael, I've, I've worked with CEOs and said to the CEO, you as the CEO need to build a stronger personal yeah. brand online. You need, a mm, more, you need more transparency, get a better LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. yeah. st- start to be available, and, and a good percentage of them are just so against it. They think, yeah. you know, I don't want clients, I don't want customers calling me. That's yeah. why I have my, my line managers all no, under exactly. me. I want to be protected from that. But to me, you can't be a leader. Yeah. Unless you're willing to put yourself out there, you need to carry the brand, the culture, Absolutely. the values yeah. yourself. Well, Absolutely. you you can't say you give a premium service if you're not a, if you as the premium level of business aren't available. Yeah, that's yeah. right, Brett. That's fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one question I have is is sort of this this idea of big data and analytics and everybody diving so deep into the interpretation of the numbers. How much empathy is actually going into strategy around consumer experience because there are ultimately people's mm. experiences we're trying to cater for. Yeah, the answer's not much, right? So, yeah. so there's those five big things that have been driving business for quite a while now. So uh, social, mobile cloud, big data, and now AI. Yeah. And where you can get all of those things to come together for great customer experiences is where you're going to create game-changing go-to-market strategies yeah. for businesses. Yeah. But um, when you look at big data, 
like it's it's kind of deja vu with CRM. I saw so many organizations yeah. implement customer relationship management software, mm. not being clear about what it was they were trying to achieve. It was about the it, technology, not the yeah. People. And and, and yeah. what a lot of them ended up with is is um, contact databases and yeah. un, untrusted pipeline forecasting tools. Where is if you implement CRM in a way where you enable sales process for people, yeah. mm. you create a single source of the truth. For customer experience, because you can't deliver great customer experience if you don't have a single source of truth yeah. about what's going on with the customer. Uh, uh, absolutely. So it should be used to really bring marketing, sales, customer service, and God forbid even admin and finance together, because they can create lots of rubbing points for customer, yeah. for customer sad customer experience. But but you can use customer experience and things like CRM as platforms and rallying yeah. points to get everyone focused on. How do we go deliver a great experience for this type of customer at mm. this part of their journey? Absolutely. So, so, so journey mapping and buyer personas are really important when you design. Sure. Brilliant. Uh, one comment that you made, I actually retweeted it, which was brilliant, which is business happens at the speed of trust. Yes. And it's really important, not just for a customer experience, but for that feeling that I'm connecting with a brand where I'm secure. They know yes. me and yeah. I'm happy to let them know me. Yes. Uh, but elaborate more on the trust, the speed of yeah. trust. Yeah, so that, that's actually a Stephen Covey book, uh, okay. the, the Speed of Trust. Um, I'm actually doing a talk to a bunch of CEOs in Sydney in a couple of weeks called okay. um, Leadership at the Speed of Trust. But, Brilliant. But my real point is that um, nothing can happen in business without trust. I mean, you guys yeah, wouldn't be absolutely. in business together doing this this podcast yeah. if you didn't trust each other. No, absolutely. So, so <laughs> we love you, Brett. Yeah, yeah. We love yeah. you, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> it, Are you good, guys going to kiss? No. Yeah, no. That's 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 between Brett and the other Brett and myself. Yeah, you, Mike. You, Mike's uh, sort of the mediator between the, the, uh, the uh, bromance. Yeah, you, <laughs> we, we're missing a Brett. There's, there's normally two Bretts and a Mike. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I'm normally stuck in between the Bretts. Funny story. Uh, that's the other name of the show that we could have gone with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two Bretts and a Mike. Yeah. Any, anyway, so yeah, we digress very fast. <laughs> so nothing, nothing can happen without trust. And exactly. Then, and then the speed at which business happens yeah. yes. depends on the level of trust that's there. Yes. Um, and uh, a lot of people and companies try and create trust or build trust by mm. banging on about yeah. themselves. Yes. Let me tell you about us and our brand and our reputation and how long we've been in business and where our offices are and how many awards we've won and what yeah. the analysts think of that. And I don't think that builds any level of trust no. at all. That You've got to adopt the view. The customer wouldn't even be talking with us if that stuff wasn't, wasn't a given. Yeah. The way you create trust is by understanding, listening, asking great questions, showing you have empathy for them and their situation. Yeah, so if you can show, you know, if they, for example, if they're a CFO, if you can say, hey, in working with other CFOs in your industry, some of the common challenges we're yeah. seeing them grapple with are these. Yeah. Is are you in the same That's sort of situation? Would love to share some some things we're seeing with organizations yeah. that have really moved the needle on this particular metric. Yeah. Now they're going, wow, I want to have a conversation I'm with this person. I'm in the trenches with this person. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, and that conversation will lead to how we can help, yeah. but we're actually all about them and the situation. So if you can use technology to help inform those conversations, then, then, yeah. then that's brilliant. But to me, automation and technology and all of these other things, if you're just helping people transact a commodity – Fine, get people out of the way and make it easy. Like Absolutely. we think about our banking experience. Yeah. I don't want to talk to someone in the bank. No, I, I just want to get online, use my app, and if I have to call my personal business banker, something, that's great. <laughs> and if I go into a branch, that's all. If I have to, but I'm happy to transact without people. But in that Apple example, yeah. when I do want to Absolutely. talk to somebody, then they, if they can provide the value. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to take that idea of trust and the speed of trust a step further. I mean, when I was at Varsity, we we you know we did like. Porter's four model, you know, yes. four forces, you know, complementary, mm. supplementary, etc. 
But if we look at the world of experience today and how important it is, because ultimately it doesn't matter what vertical or what business I'm running, mm. I'm ultimately competing with everyone else's quality of experience. So I, I could be running a cell phone company and I'm actually competing with Amazon on their Kindle because in my mind as the consumer, I'm comparing the experience. So as, as a very simplistic example around this, if I, if I have a problem with my Kindle, I pick up the phone, I'm probably be speaking to someone in Ireland, but I've got a new Kindle here in South Africa the next day on, at my doorstep. Wow. Whereas if I've got a problem with my cell phone company here in South Africa, it takes me a week just to get a cell phone from one point of Joburg to the other point of Joburg. Yeah. And I'm comparing the quality of experience and I'm looking at the cell phone company and saying, you're doing a bad job because Kindle can do it better. What, what's your thinking around this, this, th that point and, and the quality of the experience and, and how we need to compete in this age of experience? Yeah, so telcos face big challenges. The, yeah. the biggest telco in Australia, the ex-government telco that then privatized, they had a CEO join the company mm. and he, he said to the employees, we are done. We are done with all of the excuses about why we can't deliver great customer experience. Yeah. I know all of our systems are crap. You know, there's all these legacy systems yeah. that don't talk to each other. They've got the call centers offshore in places like the Philippines and India. He said, right now, 40% of the at-risk money for every employee, so every employee that's got an at-risk component, yeah. commission, bonuses, whatever it is, 40% of that is going to be based on, on, on customer experience scores. Okay. And you wow. will be human middleware that inserts yourself into all of this to resolve people's issues. Yeah. So if someone walks into a store with an issue, you like don't send them off to the call center yeah. or yeah. to a website. You jump online and do it all for them to actually yeah. resolve the issue. So yeah, the rules have changed. They yeah, they absolutely have. And uh, let me just give you one other really interesting stat: yeah. is yes, we're competing against non-traditional competitors as well as our traditional competitors. But if you aggregated the B two B sales data in the world yes. into one big CRM system, and after a year extracted it all and ran a report on deals lost. 25% of deals that are lost get lost to do nothing. They get lost to status quo. So, okay. our, so our biggest competitor is not a, not a traditional competitor, even a, even a disruptor. Our biggest competitor today is the customer just staying in current states, deciding not to change, deciding mm. that the pain uh, of same is mm -hmm. worth putting up with rather than the risk and the pain and cost of change. Yeah. So sellers today have got to, if they're in complex selling, we need to be good at anchoring the business case value yeah. and showing that we're best value and lowest risk. Um, you know, that we're a good cultural fit in working with their organization. And there's true impact on the, after yeah. the execution. Yeah. 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 Now, 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 Tony, really, last point from my side, Brett. Um, B2B, uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. You, you're, the, you're the master there. Just give us a bit of a... Cause this is the fun part, yeah? Yeah, yeah. well, three three years ago, I was uh, coaching and mentoring a client in America, and he said yeah. to me, I read your book. It's the best best book on selling I've ever read. Your stuff's all awesome, and no one's heard of you. You know, why aren't you active in social? <laughs> and I just and I just groaned and rolled my eyes and okay. said, who in the world has time for all that narcissistic blasting and spamming yeah. and social? Long story short, he convinced me over about a six, seven-week period I was wrong. I got serious about my brand in LinkedIn. I've become the most read person on the face of the planet in LinkedIn on the yeah, topic wow. of B2B selling. There's a few people with a, with more followers than me, but yeah. I've got the most engagement and most reads. I've published uh, well over 400 original 1,000-word-plus articles in sure. LinkedIn. So That's work, um, eh? Yeah, and That's well, it, it, it is, but, uh, but for me, and the thing of everybody listening to this, you need to decide, go and be where your customers are. And as an example of this, that yeah. Qantas QF32 story I told, 
I, uh, when I interviewed Richard Crepe in his home, I then wrote a white paper about the whole thing about, okay. you know, and I, I related yeah. it to, to customer experience. Everyone represents the brand was the name of the white paper. I put it up on my website for free, not behind a form, just on okay. my website for free. Uh, and in an 18, 15 month period, I had less than 100 people download that paper. Yeah. I put the same content in a blog in LinkedIn. Um, I think I'm up to well over 300,000 reads of that. Wow. Now. So impactful. So yeah. So the power of giving content away and going where your market is. If you're, if you're in obviously in retail or B2C, it's Facebook. Yeah. Like yeah. Go, go and just be, be where your, your customers are and, and think about what, what do my customers look for before they'd ever know to look for me? Yeah. What, what are the things that trigger them down the path that eventually leads to me? And then what would they go and look for? So for me, my, uh, sport I do with my family is wakeboarding. We bought a new wakeboard uh. boat and the car we had wasn't rated to tow the new boat. So the, so the, <laughs> so the, so the trigger event was we bought a boat. Yeah. And what that triggered was the need to buy a bigger four wheel drive. Yes. But when I Googled three and a half thousand kilo towing capacity, yeah. I had nothing come back. Not one Night. thing. Not one thing. So none of those, and there's only four four wheel drives, you know, in reasonable price yeah. ranges that tow that much. None of them had thought about what triggers someone down the path? 100%. Let's put some content yeah. out there that educates them and helps them. Um, yeah. So and, and so if we think about that, the question is, what do people look for online before they know to look for us? And we write absolutely. content. About yeah, them. absolutely. So where do they find you on LinkedIn? Sorry, Brett. No, that's exactly where, where I was going to ask. Yeah. So if, if you just search for uh, Tony Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, in LinkedIn, you can find me at my website, so rsvpselling.com. Yeah. And on the landing page, if you scroll down, there's a link to my LinkedIn blog. Wonderful. And then my other uh, public speaker website is tonyhughes.com.au. Good. And to make it easy for your listeners, we'll put it into the comments or the notes. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much for your time, Tony. Thanks, guys. All the best for your travels. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, man. Well, that was fun, Brett. I enjoyed that chat. It yeah. really, really was. Fantastic. And uh, that was just one interview of so many great speakers here at the CX and Innovation Tech Fest. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, if you liked this uh, interview and you liked hearing all the thoughts and uh, future explorations, then there's more. There is. It's, it's on the Futurology uh, CX page. Yes. So please go and find those on there. Also on iTunes. And, of course, if you want to be inspired within your organization, drop us a line because what you've experienced here, we're quite happy to come and set up a framework within your organizations because the inspirational part of moving beyond the disruption and, mm. and, and the challenge of technology is important to you. So thank you, Brett. I've yeah, enjoyed thank our Thank you, time. Michael.